Is there a pattern to the things you brush off? What are you ignoring? Why are you ignoring it? Hey, you're listening to the Love Lasting Podcast. My name's Jen, and I can't wait for us to talk about all the things, from a new recipe I tried for supper last night to how I unknowingly let the world dictate my life. I hope you hit that subscribe button to join me every week and be sure to check out the show notes for a special link to my free private Facebook group where we can continue each conversation. But for now, let's dive right into today's episode because you're here for a reason and I'm determined to deliver whatever message your heart came for. Let's go. Hello and welcome back. How are you? But actually take a moment to think about your answer. And I say that because I started noticing every single time someone would ask me how I am, without even thinking, as effortless as blinking pretty much, I'd open my mouth and out came the words, I'm good, how are you? And I usually am good, but I just found it interesting how I never actually stopped to check before I responded. So even if I wasn't, the answer would still be, I'm good, thanks, how are you? And I'm curious if anyone else automatically defaults to this answer as well. And if you do, have you ever asked yourself why? Because for me, the truth is, I don't think I actually knew how I was most of the time. So it was kind of like, when in doubt, just say good. Unless something really amazing happened or was happening or something really horrible happened, I didn't stop to check in with myself to see how I was doing, what I was feeling, why I was doing the things I was doing. You know when a kid hurts themselves and they run to an adult to help them feel better? Have you ever paid attention to how that progression actually plays out? The younger the child is, the more you talk in like a baby voice. And even though you know it was just a little fall, you acknowledge that they're hurt. And you say things like, oh, you poor thing, let me see. And then you brush your hand over the area and say, all better. Then as the child gets older, our tone changes. Instead of acknowledging that they're hurt, we highlight, we praise their ability to brush it off. And we say things like, you're good, brush it off. You're tough, it'll be fine. And then you become an adult and you kind of just get used to brushing things off, ignoring things. You kind of just assume you're always good because you've become so good at ignoring things, brushing stuff off. But brushing stuff off doesn't mean you're good. It means you don't know because you're not paying attention, you're focused somewhere else. Brushing things off is only effective in surprise situations, like falling in a race. We often tell ourselves to shake it off, brush it off, so that we can get back up and focus on finishing the race. But that doesn't mean we don't go back and check on what we brushed off to begin with. And then there's situations when you find yourself having to brush things off repeatedly, when it becomes a pattern. And that means there usually is a problem you're choosing to ignore. And so if you're like me, and I'm good is your go-to answer, but you can't recall the last time you actually checked in with yourself, check in now. Is there a pattern 
to the things you brush off? What are you ignoring? Why are you ignoring it? And when I say don't brush things off, I don't mean go start pouring gasoline around every person who looks at you funny or try to pick a fight with anyone who speaks to you in a tone you don't like because I consider reactive responses like that brushing it off as well. I have had enough angry outbursts to know that getting to the actual root of a problem doesn't happen when you're overly emotional. Truth reveals itself when you're at peace after an emotional wave, when you're quiet enough to listen, when you've had time to take it all in and analyze the situation, when you react in anger or in emotion, you are brushing off the truth with your emotion. You're taking your focus off the truth of what actually happened and focused on the overwhelming emotion that is pouring out of you. That doesn't mean don't allow yourself to get angry. It just means to be aware of where you're directing that angry energy. Because I'm sure we can all agree that angry energy comes in like a wrecking ball and shows no mercy. But if we allow ourselves to learn how to direct that energy into creation, into solutions, that's when we create magic. But we can only create that magic when we don't allow ourselves to brush things off, when we go back and check in on ourselves, when instead we follow the clues that lead us to the truth, when we follow our curiosity. The key is to learn how to recognize the patterns in our life, in our behavior, and in our feelings. When I was younger, I remember asking my parents to go play outside and have them say, okay, but you have to clean your room first. And so I'd run to my room, look around, and realize it was going to take forever. But all my friends were outside already, and I didn't want to miss all the fun. So I did what any other kid would do. I shoved everything into my closet and under the bed. Old Tupperware from school last week that I forgot to bring to the kitchen. Wet towels, candy wrappers, dirty clothes, you name it. I body checked that stuff into my closet and made it fit. I knew that eventually the wet towels in my closet would eventually start smelling bad and the old Tupperware under my bed would get me grounded. But I was convinced that I would deal with it when I got back home. Except when I got back home, that was the last thing I wanted to do. And I could usually get away with a fake clean room for a while, but the longer I waited to deal with it, the more uncomfortable I started to get because I knew what was coming. The rotting Tupperware under my bed was starting to smell bad and it was so gross that I didn't want to put it into the sink because that would mean I'd have to wash it. And don't even get me started with the gross wet towel smell seeping out of my closet. I knew that it was only a matter of time before one of my parents came looking for something in my closet. And I knew that even just touching the handle of my closet door would cause an avalanche of things to come pouring out, leaving me with a huge mess to clean up and in a whole lot of trouble. The point I'm trying to make is, that brushing things off is only a temporary solution, one that buys you some time to think about whether the issue you're having is something that can be thrown out and forgotten about, or is it time to open up the closet and allow the mess to come pouring out so you can start cleaning it up and reorganizing it to only store things you want in there. 
We've become so accustomed to quote unquote hiding our mess, pretending to be good. But why? Good, bad, messy, clean, fun, boring, you could be anything in the world and it wouldn't matter because those are all made up words, made up descriptions that people came up with to describe a feeling, a situation. They are just words, letters that someone put together, that someone attached a definition to. And you can choose to accept or refuse that definition. You don't have to be anything. You don't have to become anything. The fact that you are here, the fact that you physically exist is enough. You exist as a gift to the world. You are the gift. And I know it's easy to allow ourselves to fall victim to our circumstances because we don't realize that we are the light, we are the activators, and we are the creators of everything in our lives. And it's amusing to me that I'm even saying this because it used to rub me the wrong way when I'd hear people say things like, you create your own reality. I would sit there rolling my eyes, to be honest, thinking about people who are forced to live in poverty and how could someone dare say they created that reality for themselves. One day it finally clicked. A child living in poverty creates his or her own reality when they find random pieces to build themselves a toy with. We can't control the circumstances we're born into or the situations we find ourselves in sometimes, but we can control how we respond, what we choose to embrace, and what we choose to ignore. That doesn't mean we won't get hurt, feel discouraged, or want to give up, but it means we can choose to change our situation by changing our mindset from victim to creator. When you hear the word creation, it's easy to romanticize a story where you magically and effortlessly create the life of your dreams. But the reality is, sometimes you have to make some hard decisions that you don't want to make because you're scared of making the wrong one. Suddenly, you realize that the toughest part about creating is trusting the process and trusting yourself. I don't know about you, but it isn't uncommon for me to see someone do something or create something and then think to myself, huh, I think I could do that. And then I go down the rabbit hole learning all the things about it because I'm convinced it's my next project and breakthrough. Then I get to a point in the process where I start questioning whether I even want to do this anymore. And it's usually when I'm presented with a task I don't really want to do, or I find out information that makes me change my mind. So I want to do something else. But what happens when you've already put so much time and energy into a project already? You have a choice to either finish what you started or take the L and move on to something else. The power to create our reality lies in our power to make decisions. Every single time we make a decision, we are creating a reality for ourselves. Even when we make the decision to watch TV or go for a walk or go out to eat, meet a friend, take a nap, take a course, literally every single decision. So how do we know when we're making the right ones? Success leaves clues, they say. So we follow the clues. But this is where I got it wrong. Because I thought the clues were just the steps that other people took. And if I could learn the steps and follow their steps, I believed they'd lead me to my destination, 
to success. And sometimes that was the case. And sometimes the steps led me to a place I didn't want to be or to a task I couldn't complete. I didn't want to. The clues we need to follow cannot be seen with our eyes, nor can they be heard. The clues we need to follow can only be felt. Call it your intuition, call it your inner knowing, call it whatever you want to call it. Success leaves clues and they are everywhere. The problem is our eyes, ears, nose, hands cannot be reasoned with. You can't unsee something or you can't unsmell something, you can't untouch something. And our senses are constantly being bombarded with the outside world. So how do we know what to look for? And how do we know what to do with it if we find it? Our hearts are selective and they communicate with us via feelings. It's kind of like a game of hot and cold. You know that game where someone hides something and you have to try to find it by walking around the room as they say, You're either getting cooler, which means you're farther away, or warmer as you get closer. When you start moving in a different direction than the one you're supposed to go, your heart kind of just whispers, you're getting cooler. Maybe this shows up as making an excuse not to do something. Whereas if you're headed in the right direction, your heart's voice gets a little louder. You're getting warmer. And you feel a little energy boost that might show up as excitement as you start looking into the possibility of a new project. When you feel joy, love, excitement, those are the clues you follow. Those are the things you do, the things that bring you those feelings. Those are the signs you don't question. But when you feel frustrated, confused, discouraged, those are the yellow lights. Don't fake it till you make it. Don't start trying to hustle hard and make sacrifices. Just slow down and pay attention. You are creating your reality, so you have to make the decisions because no one else knows the answer. And if you don't slow down to observe everything you have before you, in front of you, you won't make the right one. No one else knows where you're trying to go, no one else knows what you actually want. We live in a world where everywhere you look, someone is trying to give you advice on how to be successful, how to be happy. And we want that, so we listen. And we think we have to follow their plan, step by step, detail for detail. But what you're actually being given is an outline, a rough draft. What the final version comes out looking like depends on you. That's all I got for now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, I would love if you could leave a review to help others find the show. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time talking to me today. And I can't wait for our next conversation. Until then, I will see you in the free Love Lasting Insiders group where we can continue the conversation. I love you to the moon and back. All of you.